Good morning. morning. Now, let me just start off by saying I can only assume that so many empty seats this morning may mean that there are many sick among us. I'm I'm going to assume that. (laughs) Not that people just decided not to come to church just to watch us online instead of um, honoring God by being assembled with His saints together. So I'm going to assume that. My brothers and sisters, as you know, there are many, there are definitely families that have been um, hit, not with just COVID, but certainly with COVID, but there's this other cold or whatever it is, this flu or this other thing that's going around. It's affected several people close to me. Um, so there are these, these things that are unseen and seen um, that we battle spiritually, physically. But, you know, I don't want to, I, I don't want to preach before the, the message, but all of these things, absolutely all of these things, we have victory over. And, that, and wait, wait, wait. Because when you're, going in, when you're in the middle of it, you don't feel like you have victory over it. When you're sick, you don't feel like you have victory over it. Come on. Right? Isn't that true? And that's why the Lord tells us, listen, He, he tells us, that, right, he, he, believe and trust in Him. Trust in His Word. We walk by faith and not by sight. And all of those things that happen to us, if we're walking, listen, if we're walking according to His Word, some of these things will happen, but the end of it is we're better. Amen. If we go through these things thinking, woe is me, uh, so sorry, or trying to figure out what great sin that I committed that God abandoned me, or we're looking for all of these other reasons why and how and, and if and blah, 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 instead of saying, God, here I am. Here I am. I love you. Heal me. Right? Come on. I, I don't know why. it's all. <laughs> Maybe I'm not going to preach today. Say Amen. Is there anyone in here, you've been praying for something for a very long time, and it's, it's not happened yet, and just when you see, well, just when you think that it's, you're there, it's going to happen, it's about to be delivered, it's not. Or you've been, you've been praying for a loved one, or there's a sickness, or whatever it is, but you've been praying something for a long time. If that's you, please stand. Mom. Get in the spirit. Let's get in. Let's stay in the spirit. Hallelujah. 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 If you're standing and you're standing in sincerity, seek God. Have faith. Father God, in the name of Jesus, there are those who have stood in faith. They're standing, Lord, in this moment, making a statement of trust and belief in you. And in this moment, Lord, when we're surrounded by people who are like-minded and like-hearted, it is a little bit easy. But Lord, we pray for strength. We pray for grace. Whatever that thing or those things are that we've been asking for, Lord, we put our faith and our trust in you. Lord, if these things that we're asking for, we're asking amiss, Lord, reveal that to us. Lord, show us. Lord, if we're asking because of our own lusts or because of our own greed or because of our own whatever it is, or what seems right to us according to our knowledge, according to our wisdom, Lord, reveal your wisdom. Give us wisdom. Give us knowledge. Give us understanding. Lord, help us to be thankful even in the middle of waiting. Lord, help us to be strengthened in the inner man that when the outer man is affected and conflicted, the inner man is even made stronger because of his fellowship with you. So thank you, Lord, above all things for for fellowship through Jesus Christ with you. And we ask you, Lord, to give us more of you. Reveal yourself to us in a, in a way that we haven't experienced to this point in our lives. 
And Lord, help us to understand that all things work together for good. For those of us who love you, for those of us who are called according to your purpose. And Lord, let that not be just a scripture that we read, but in this moment, Lord, let that become rhema to us. So that even if the answer is no, we will glorify you in our lives, in our hearts, in everything that we do. Lord, be glorified in our lives today, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. So last week, we'll just trust God. Last week, uh, the, the, the major point of the message was God's purpose and our prosperity. God has a purpose and plan for us and in this generation and probably a couple of generations before us, you know, it's always been mixed up in the church, this prosperity thing. You know, if you're godly and you're living a godly life and you're doing what God says, you're going to have money and you're going to have material and you're going to have all of these things. Not necessarily. God's prosperity and what we think about as being prosperity are two different things as we already know. But just to reinforce, let's just begin here in Jeremiah 29.11, which has been like the foundation for this church for all these years. I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. My brothers and sisters, that is absolute truth. And it's not just for Israel, it's for all who believe and follow and trust God. God has a plan for you and he's going to fulfill that purpose and plan for you. He knew you, he told you, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. He knew you before the foundations of the earth. He loved you and decided that he was going to love you no matter what, even before you were born. Amen? And he has a plan for your prosperity. No matter what you think, no matter what the world says, no matter what culture says, he knows what true prosperity for you looks like, what it should look like. Amen? All right. And it's not wrong for us to want certain things to, to, to bless. See, but, but we have to understand that we want, have to want him more than anything else. And with him comes the prosperity and the blessing that he's ordained for us to have. And sometimes it does mean that you will have material possessions. That's not a sin. It's a sin to have, for those possessions to have you. Right? So now watch. Here, here, here's what, God blesses me. And when he blesses me, it's not so that I can live all... Fa- it's to be a blessing. So truly, the prosperity of God is to be prosperous so that you can help the next person. That's truly the plan of God for us that prospers. That his prosperity means that we prosper. If we prosper, the people around us prosper. That's the way God works it. Amen? Okay, I'm glad we all agree on that. So today we're going to start off in 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel, as many of you know, um, chapter 1, this is the beginning. Elkanah is, we're introduced to Elkanah. Elkanah was a, a man who uh, served God. He had two wives, uh, Penina and Hannah. And uh, Elkanah, every year he made that pilgrimage as according to the law uh, to the house of God. At that time it wasn't a great big temple, uh, but he went and made the sacrifices to the Lord. Amen. He honored God with his family. And it says uh, specifically there that uh, Penana had uh, many children and Hannah, um, it says that the Lord closed her womb or kept her womb closed. We don't know, it, that's the way it says it, but we, it's, we're not to understand that necessarily that she was sinful or something happened and because of, no, God had a plan. And, and, and my brothers and sisters, the negative things, I want to repeat this, and I don't know why. Maybe somebody watching, maybe somebody in here. If something negative happens in your life, it does not mean that God is displeased with you. It can. It can. And if you linger there, and you allow that to be a sign to you, then it, it will be something that tears you down. It will be something that keeps you separated from God. It will be something that keeps you experiencing everything that God wants you to experience. And I don't know why I'm leaning on that this morning. My brothers and sisters, do not be distracted. Do not let the negative things that happen in your life separate you from God. God will not leave you or forsake you. If you make a mistake, if something happens, don't, listen, don't linger in it. Don't stay there. Give it to God. Give it to God. And don't assume that if something negative is happening in your life, it's because you're worthless or God does not love you. God loves you. And if something negative has happened in your life, just keep turning to Him as we'll find out in this story. So Hannah can't have any children. And it's, it's really, it's, it, it just tears her up. So 
Hannah is, 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 I think that it's a cultural thing too. I, I think we do have some folks that may be able to understand or uh, may be able to relate to this, but in that culture, it's, it's, it was so important, especially to have boys uh, for, ch- for children. So it's, it bothers Hannah, and, and to throw insult to injury, and insult is what I mean, Panana is constantly tearing uh, uh, Hannah up about it constantly, you know, picking at her because it does say specifically that Elkanah really loved Hannah. And when he, he made the sacrifices, Hannah got a double portion. He took care of his family, but Hannah got a double portion. Isn't that something? And, but Panana always ridiculing, bring it to her attention. Can anybody relate to that? You know, there's something negative and you just have someone who is always loving your misery Someone who is always reminding you just a little bit. And sometimes they just might do it in subtle ways. And see, there's the, that's, that's what I'm trying to speak to us about today. Listen, don't listen to that. Listen to what God says about you. Amen. It was one of those times in Elkanah provided for Hannah and she was just her countenance was down and he says to her, listen, aren't I better to you than ten sons? And so, you know, I, Michelle could relate to that. I mean, we only had one son, but why are you laughing? Michelle happens to be my wife. So. But, but he's, he's taking care of her. He loves her. He's, it's obvious that, you know, he really loves her and he's given her a double portion and he's probably in his own way make, trying to make it up to her in other ways trying to fill that void that she's feeling, trying to make her happy, trying to do certain things for her. Maybe he's cleaning up around the tent. Maybe, well, whatever it is that he's doing, you know, he's making sure that the trash doesn't pile up. Whatever he's doing, he's trying to make sure that Hannah is, is taken care of. He's trying to make up for that loss that she's feeling, that this discomfort that she's feeling. So I'm going to read to you from uh, chapter 1, beginning of verse 9. So Hannah rose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now, now when it says they, the rest of the family... Because Hannah, this is one of those times where they're up at Shiloh at, for the festival, for you know, paying their homage, making their yearly sacrifices, and they're eating the meal. He had given Hannah a double portion. He took care of he being Elkanah took care of his, the rest of his family, Panina, and for her children. And but she didn't eat. But so when they were finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord, and she was in bitterness of soul. She. Hannah was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look upon the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. And no razor shall come upon his head. Why is that significant? That's a Nazarite vow, right? Same thing, similar to uh, Samson. Right, Samson, his his mom and dad dedicated him. He was he, the razor never cut his head. There were certain foods that he didn't eat, and that was aside. They were setting him aside totally uh, for the Lord's work, totally for the Lord. Amen. So she's saying, "I'm going to set him aside. He's going to live as a Nazarite." In verse twelve, and it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart only with her lips, only her lips moved. Uh, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, how long will you be drunk? Put that wine away from you. So watch. To my knowledge, this is the first um, you know, kind of a capturing, if you will, of, of, of a silent prayer that, I, that I'm aware of. It, there may be something, but this is, is kind of featured. So she's praying silently, but her lips are moving. And so I think that that wasn't really a custom, Right? And because it wasn't, Eli the priest sees that and he's, ah, you know, she's murmuring, she's, she's, she's not in her right mind and assumes that she's drunk, right? But, but, but she's praying and, and she's in anguish and she's pouring out her heart to God. Hannah answers in verse 15. Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your, hand, maid, your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief, I have spoken until now. I want to pause here for a moment. When it says, out of the abundance of 
my complaint and grief I have spoken to now. When, when I hear that word complaint, immediately, you know, I'm thinking, okay, she's just sitting out there and kind of nagging the Lord. All right? That's, that, that's not really how this goes. If you look up that word and do a word study for that Hebrew word complaint. No, she, it's just saying she's, she's anguished. She's, she's telling the Lord of her inner anguish. She's telling the Lord. It's not really like she's complaining. Hey, you know, the normally like we would see it. She's not nagging God. Let me, can I say it just that way? She's not nagging God. And she's not just sitting there making her list of complaints. She literally is pouring out her heart. She's, she's anguishing before the Lord. And see, this is important. And, and here's, here's why I think it's important. Because she's speaking honestly and openly before the Lord. She's pouring out her, her heart before the Lord. She's not pouring out her heart to her next door neighbor. She's not pouring out her heart to anybody else. She's going to God. See, my brothers and sisters, and the reason why I want to say this and make this point so emphatically is we have Holy Spirit living inside of us. We have Jesus interceding for us. So, listen, when we pray, we, 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 have, we are guaranteed that God is hearing our prayer if we're walking according to what He's commanding us. So, listen, we, when we pour out our heart, we know that God is hearing us. And so, but because we don't have anybody to commiserate with us, this is human, this is flesh. Because we don't have anyone to commiserate with, or because we don't have anybody saying, oh, you know, oh, 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 they're there now, oh, they're there now. Listen, and believe me, I'm not minimizing that. Because we are to come alongside each other and strengthen each other and show compassion toward one another. But my brothers and sisters, we've, put, we've placed so much importance on that. Oh, I'm going to get, I got to get a uh, hold of the prayer chain, or uh, let me call up pastor. Yes, please, okay, let's do that. But have you gotten down on your face? Have you poured out your heart before God in faith, knowing that He hears you? Hallelujah. Oh, come on. I'm not trying... I'm not trying to be difficult, and I'm not trying to make anyone feel bad for saying something. I am so blessed. I have you all. I have a family who cares for me. I have a wife who prayed for me just last night that I would sleep, for, that I would get a good night's sleep, and man, it worked. I woke up late, and I was, oh, I'm scrambling to try and get the notes all together. It worked. And she said, I prayed. Oh, well, you shouldn't have prayed that. Not, not last night, you know. Uh, but are you with me? And I'm not trying to be flippant, or I'm not trying to be you know, funny or anything, but do you understand? It's not wrong to pray for one another. It's not wrong to hold each other up. But my brothers and sisters, let's make sure we keep the right thing in order. Man, we, are, we should be poor. God knows how you feel anyway. So don't get down on your knees and, and get all King James, or don't get down on your knees and hold back. Can, can I... Anybody feeling me? God, I messed up. I just flat out messed up. God, uh, I said the wrong thing. God, I said the wrong thing. I said it the wrong way. God, help me. God, whatever it is, pour out. God, I really feel like I need this. God, I just got a bad report from the doctor, but I believe your word, and God, I, I, feel, I feel bad. I feel bad right now. Pour it out to Him. Let the comfort of the Holy Spirit overwhelm you, knowing that in that moment, even though you've heard a bad report, or even though it might not look good around you, God says something totally different about you. Come on. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. And she said, Let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Did you hear that? So now watch. Let me just go back. When Eli answers her and says, Go in peace, the God of Israel grant your petition which you've asked of him, that was, listen, she didn't have the New Testament. She didn't have Jesus interceding for her. So she hears this, and this is the word of God to her. This is the man of God giving her a word. This is Rhema to her. You know how I know it's Rhema? Look at how she reacted. She received that word and no longer was sad. And she went home, she stopped her fast, and she ate. Why? 
She believed the word of the Lord despite her circumstance or situation. In that moment, she just believed the word of the Lord. Amen? Man, I, I, I want that. How about you? You have that. You have Holy Spirit living inside. If you are truly born again, you have Holy Spirit living inside of you. And you have that. Hallelujah. So, new, so we know what happens. You know, she goes, they go home, uh, she conceives, and she gives birth to Samuel. She brings Samuel, after Samuel's probably about three years old, uh, she brings him to Eli. And then Samuel serves Eli. You know, pr- probably with uh, age-appropriate things. You know, maybe uh, at one point we know that he's opening the doors, he's doing, but age-appropriate things, Samuel starts serving Eli. And every uh, year she's going up there, and she still, she doesn't disown him. Every year she goes up there, and she's bringing him a new robe. Every year, and she loves him. So imagine how hard that must have been. She has him for about three years, and then fulfills the vow that she made before God. Amen? So Samuel, Samuel ministered before the Lord, and he wore a linen ephod. So even at an early age, he was already training to be a priest. You hear that? But see, here's the thing. We know that Eli had a couple of sons, Hophni and Phinehas, right? So they were in line next to be the priests. But God. (laughs) You hear that? But God. See, those people around you may have plans. Those people around you, those people who told you what you were or what you would never be, but God. Those people that want to attach a value to you by saying some things that are that are not godly, or those the people that want to that, those people that are around you say, "Well, your family has always been this way," or those people around you that say, "You know, you've always been that way," or you're just like this one, or you're just like that one. But God, but God, listen to this. <clears throat> In verse 26 of chapter 2, And the child Samuel grew in stature and in favor with both the Lord and men. Then a man of God came to Eli and said, You hear this? A man of God, a prophet, an unnamed prophet, goes to Eli the priest, because Eli the priest is evidently not hearing from God. Thus says the Lord, Did I not clearly reveal myself to the house of your father when they were in Egypt, in Pharaoh's house? Did I not choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer upon my altar, to burn incense, and to wear an ephod before me? And did I not give to the house of your father all the offerings of the children of Israel that were made by fire? Verse 29. Why do you kick at my sacrifice and my offerings which I have commanded in my dwelling place? And honor your sons more than me to make yourselves fat with the best of all the offerings of, my Israel, of Israel, my people. Therefore, the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now, the Lord says, far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will honor, and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. And he goes on and he says, it's going to be your, your arm, the arm, this branch of this tribe, cut off. There's not going to be anybody of your family that's going to see old age. And in fact, he says, it's going to be a sign to you because in one day, both your sons are going to perish. Did it happen? Oh, yes, it did. And in verse 35 of that same chapter, he says, he being the man of God, God is saying through his prophet, I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who shall do according to what is in my heart and in my mind. Did you hear that? See, my brothers and sisters, we've got to get away from this American gospel. We have got to get away from this self-centered that I'm born again and I'm inviting, by being born again means I invite Jesus into my life. Jesus becomes part of my life. God now has become part of No! That's, what we have, that's where we have it wrong and that's why we're not prospering even as our soul prospers because basically our soul is not really prospering. See, we're all about looking at these physical and material things and equating that with being blessed of God. But my brothers and sisters, that's not really where it's at. And so you see something like this, and you see where, God, where the, the, the prophet by God is saying, I'm going to raise up somebody who will, deal with, who will do my will my way. Period. Period. Okay, but I, Pastor Tony... 
That's fine. But I'm not a priest and I'm not a prophet. Well, I think that the New Testament says us something, says something totally different about us. We are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, his own special people. Isn't that what it says? So if that's telling you and I that we hold this office that he's assigned us to. And that means we are to do his will, his way. Uh-oh. I know, I know that's why we can't fill all these seats. Because it's still supposed to be about how I feel, what I think. You know, Jesus making my life better. He will make your life better. Here and there. But better according to his purpose and his plan and not yours and not Facebook's or not Snaptrap, Instaslam, whatever the heck these other things are, twiddly D and twiddly dumber, and I think they're making new ones all the time. What in the heck is going on? We're letting that, we're letting the media, we're letting the social networks tell us, hey, you're likable. You're likable. I got all the look at all these likes. <laughs> There's one very important like that all of us share. And that is, over 2,000 years ago, God got up on a cross and He said, uh, I don't like you the way you are, but I love you. And I'm doing this so that you can change. See, my brothers and sisters, that's the message. That's what our young people need to understand. This life... I was just on the way over here and I just kept running. What good is if I gain the whole world and lose my soul? So my, 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 my peeps, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we showing our kids? What are we doing? What are we saying? What are we following? Tony, you say the same things all the time. I can't help it. I, I see the younger generations and I'm, I'm older now. Gave you a I'm older now, and, and I do believe that I'll be raptured before I see death. But if, if I don't, if I see death, it's like I shared with you last week and like I shared with the Wednesday group, and then even last night when we were here, I don't know how much longer that I have. And if I go, I want, I want to be sure that I'm leaving behind young people who are following the truth, not a version of the truth. We need churches, pastors, preachers all over this country, all over this world that are not afraid to speak the truth and not afraid to say, we stink on ice, but God is great in that He's made us acceptable in Christ Jesus. Period. So we receive Jesus and we live according to the example that He showed us. We receive Jesus. We receive Logos. It becomes Rhema in our life. Well, don't shout me down. See, see, this is it. This, th- th- think about this. If I were up here saying how great we are and how God's got the blessing right around the corner and, you know, uh, it doesn't matter what you're doing, God's grace is greater and just confess your sin and everything's going to be honky-dory, you go out here. Okay, somebody might get happy. And that's fine. And every bit of that is true. God's grace is greater. But God's grace isn't the thing, again, that allows us to live the way we used to live. God's grace is what empowers us to live the way He wants us to live. And so, let me go on before I just say... So now the Lord... So, so now Samuel is growing. He's growing up, right? And by the way, every year when Elkanah and his family, Penina uh, and uh, Hannah and, and the children, they go up there, you know, they're making their sacrifices, having fellowship with... And Eli said that, you know, you're going to receive more children from this, from Hannah. And he did. He had three more sons, a couple of daughters from Hannah. So Hannah, God blessed her. But she fulfilled that vow. She poured out her heart to God and she fulfilled that vow. And because she did that, now the, it's just, it says in verse uh, 1 of chapter 3, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. Do, do you hear that? The word of the Lord was rare in those days. The Lord wasn't speaking to a lot. Now that unknown prophet or that unnamed prophet, he's a direct mouthpiece of God, pronounces what he pronounced to Eli, and it comes to pass. Amen? So he was a prophet of God, no question about it. But now what the Bible is remarking here, and it's remarking for a reason, because when it's about to hear from God, the people of Israel are about to get some revelation from God. 
my brothers and sisters, uh, you know, too much we're looking for that next revelation, that next uh, celebrity preacher's book, or that next one. We have all the revelation right here. But the problem is that we discount and discard this. We don't read this like we're waiting, we're just waiting with bated breath. I remember back uh, years ago, oh, pastor, you got to read this book, and I'm not going to name names, I don't want to tick you off, but oh, you got to read this book. Or I would go to somebody's office and they would have a certain celebrity preacher's book on their desk. Oh, this is fantastic. I'm getting, okay, fine, that's good, that's great. If it helps you, awesome. But it needs to help you because it's the Word of God, not because this pastor, this preacher, that guy, this guy, the other guy is saying it. You have to receive rhema from God, not rhema from, I almost said it, (laughs) not rhema from Tony. You have to receive the Word of God. You have to put your faith and trust knowing that, and listen, when you read this, you may not understand it. I'm reading, I've been studying this thing for years and years, and I've shared with you many times, and in, even in recent past, where I've been into a scripture, and man, all of a sudden, the words just jump off the page. Have you ever had that experience where you've been reading the Bible a long time, and then, amen, and then you, you're reading something, and it doesn't change as it relates to uh, totally contrary to what you believe, but it just gives you greater depth and detail. That's, being, that's, that's revelation from God. Because you have Holy Spirit living inside of you. And you have a desire to get closer to God. And getting closer to God means you're growing in wisdom and knowledge of Him. Amen? It's not me, it doesn't mean that now, I, oh, I can speak in tongues. Or, or now, oh, look at me, I can prophesy. Or now, look at me, I can pray in front of people. Or now, look at me. All of that stuff means something. Yeah, great, fine, hallelujah. But no, what is, what's happening when you're in your prayer closet? And what's happening when you're crying in this Bible? And now, all of a sudden, you're reading some words on a page. You know, wow, and God is speaking to you. Those words are coming off the page, and they're going down into your heart. They're landing. And now all of a sudden you're encouraged. Now all of a sudden you're enlightened. Now all of a sudden you're empowered to do a certain thing. Now all of a sudden you receive victory over what that was that had you chained down. Why? Because Tony said so. No! Because the Bible said so. Because the Word of God came inside of you. That rhema changed something. Tick! I might have read that, I've read that passage 50 times, but now all of a sudden, what happened? What happened was, you were in the right place. You were putting your faith and your trust in God. You finally poured out your heart before God. Or you finally looked at those words and Holy Spirit, and you were in, in having a fellowship, and God said, Tony, this is what I'm trying to say to you. Receive my word. Now, it's going to say like that. All of a sudden, it comes in there, and wow. Something happens. Am I the only one in this room that that's ever happened to? I don't think so. And I know there's people watching us online right now. That It's happened at least to two of us. <laughs> no, it's happened to a lot of us. So if you're new, if you're, if you're just born again, you're, you're a new follower of Christ Jesus and, and you haven't had that wow experience, don't worry. Just keep reading and praying. If you continue just, if that's all, oh, i, I got to have this wow experience, and then you start picking up other things or you start listening to other people, that's emotion. And that doesn't last. And emotion doesn't give you the victory. Right? No. That's just, that's to make you feel good in that moment. That's flesh. But what God gives you is real and it sticks. The word of the Lord was rare. There was no widespread revelation, just little bits and pieces to those people who were really following after God. So now we see he's at an age. He, Samuel's at an age now, and he's about to go to sleep. The lamp in the, it says the lamp in the ta- uh, tabernacle wasn't out yet. And so his eyes are getting heavy, and, and he, hears, uh, he hears his name called. And so he runs into Eli's bedroom, and he says, Here I am. What do you want? Tony language. Eli says, what? you called me. No, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. So he goes, and he hears, his, he hears the Lord calling him, but he thinks it's Eli. He runs back in. Here I am. I didn't call you. Yeah, I heard you call me. No, I didn't. Go back to bed. A third time, he hears the call. He runs in there. Eli. So now Eli, ding, 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 ding. The light bulb goes off, and he understands the Lord is calling him. And so he instructs the young man. The next time you hear that, say, Lord, here I am. What would you, why? Come on. You you remember that? You remember that? Okay. So Samuel went down and he lay down in his place and he heard 
And he did just what the man of God told him to do or what the priest told him to do. And the Lord spoke to him. And the Lord ministered to him and gave him and told him what was about to happen. He told him, um, not the whole, the whole prophecy that he, that, he, that he had told to um, Eli, but he told him what was about to happen to Eli's family. Amen? You guys that have read that know that. So, Samuel wakes up the next day. Eli says, okay, what happened? How did it go? And Samuel does not want to tell Eli the bad news. Well, yeah, yeah. no, you tell me. And so he told him. So Samuel grew, in, and the Lord was with him, and the Lord let none of his words fall to the ground. What does that mean? Everything that he said came to pass. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. So from that point on, the Lord was giving widespread revelation through Samuel. It's kind of a... And that's the end of the story. No. It's just the beginning. Right? It's an awesome thing. See, there's this dichotomy. You have... The, bo- the bottom line is, Hannah had her son in the place where he can hear God's call for his life. Did you hear that? Hannah had her son in the place where he could hear God. My brothers and sisters, that's our responsibility as parents, as grandparents, not to force our will or what we think our kids should be doing. Our, our, our responsibility is to have the young people around us, specifically our children, our children's children, to do the, everything that we can to have them in the place where they can hear God. Because I may have uh, an opinion about what my son should do or how he should be. I may have an opinion about my grandson, my granddaughters, about you know, how, where they should be for God. In fact, God has revealed something to me about some of them but I don't harp on it because I don't want that to be pressure on them or I don't want you know, my words to be get in the way of God's words. I want them to hear the call of God. Are you with me? So now let's contrast. Hophni and Phinehas, the sons of Eli, they were wicked and evil. The Bible says they were sons of Belial. They were wicked. All they were doing was they were in it for the, for the money, for the wealth. They were lazy. Uh, they took advantage of the women. And they offered strange fire before the Lord. You know, sacrifices that were Ill, illegal. I mean, there's many different views and opinions about that. But regardless, whatever it was, they offered something that was not of God. And God burned them up right now. Oh, Tony, that was just, that, that didn't really happen. That's just kind of, that is absolutely what happened. See, now when Samuel heard the, when God spoke to Samuel, he said, I'm about to do some things that when people hear about it, their ears are going to tingle. My brothers and sisters, there are some of us who have started off in low places, or we may have been in places where, you know, God could never use us. Man, I'm telling you, God is ready to use, and he, and man, God is not putting, in, God, I'm so, I'm so tired of people assigning things to certain people. That was the birth of this ministry is because people were being assigned a a place in life, a role in life, and this is your tradition, and this is how you grow up, and this is the way we do it in this neighborhood. No! God is about to do something. God uses those situations and circumstances. It's like I said before, you may have been assigned that, or you may think you've been assigned that. You may have grown up on the wrong side of the tracks, whatever that is, or you may have done anything. Socioeconomics may have been a big part of you know uh, your your disfavor, or whatever the case may be, your race, uh, your ethnicity, whatever it is, whatever it is. But God. But God, so when we continue to preach and teach our kids because of this color of your skin, because of that color of your skin, because your family did this, because you're from here, or because you're from there, that's, what, that, that's what's keeping you in this situation, or that's why this, or that's why that. We're doing them a huge disservice. God can go ahead and change everything, and He will change everything if we put our children in the situation where they can hear Him. But what do we do? We give them phones when they're 
knee high to a grasshopper. And so now they can go ahead and tweak and twack and quack and talk and whatever the heck they're doing. I'm, but there's, they keep doing it. Well, uh, Tony, you're old, you don't understand, and blah, blah, blah. I understand plenty. And here's what I understand. We're going ahead and we're letting the enemy speak to our kids. So much so that they cannot hear God. So much so that a, a service like this will is totally distasteful. Listen, I, I've told you this. I've run into, when me and Michelle were doing the reboot, uh, you know, we visited a, a very a successful pastor who I knew in my past and who basically just threw me, kicked me to the curb. And so when we're there, we met with one of his pastors and they're showing us around this massive, massive church, showing us all the bells and whistles and the programs. And as we're going through this process, this person said, you know, before they became, uh, they were on staff at this church, uh, when they first moved to the area, him and his wife were shopping churches. And so they would go around and they'd go here, go visit there, go, as we did, as Michelle and I did whenever we moved to a new place. And then she said, well, we kept coming back here because this is where the kids wanted to go. This is where the kids wanted to go. Of course they wanted to go there. They've got slides in the rooms. They've got toys and bells and whistles and programs. Of course they wanted to go. Now, I'm not saying all of those things are bad. And again, please, uh, Tony, you always got to go there. No, I'm just telling you, this is, we're, doing, you, we're doing a huge disservice here. Bottom line, we've got to put our kids in a position where they can hear God. Amen. They can't hear them for all the noise. They're still trying to get likes on Facebook. And God forbid they get some dislikes. It crushes their world. God loves you. It doesn't matter who don't like you. God loves you. Amen. Do they understand that? No. Why? All of this other stuff. So I met another guy that I hadn't seen in a while this past week. And I, I didn't even ask him. We were just talking and he asked me how things were going at the church. And maybe he felt bad because he didn't, wasn't coming here or whatever. But he was compelled to tell me that they were going to this such and such church. And uh, we're going there because the kids kind of prefer that. Of course they do. So my brothers and sisters, are you, are you kidding me right now? So we're going to ha- go ahead and let the kids pick the church because, well, see, I don't, have to, I don't have to fight with them to get them to go there. Well, if it's all fun and games and no truth, of course you don't have to fight to get them to go there. Or if they can raise a fuss in the classroom and, you know, there's no... You don't have, there, there's, thank you. There's no consequence, or you know, it's okay, or we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, and blah blah blah. Uh, of yeah, of course. Or if we're going to go ahead and we're going to be the babysitting service for you, where you could just drop your kids off, and then listen, we're going to try to pour into them. Then we send them back with you, and then you're just giving them all heck. Listen, we're going to do it. We're going to pour into them, but we're also going to recommend that you come. And we're going to try to minister to you because, listen, I'm, I'm telling you something. As much as we're trying to pour in and pray for your kids, if you're, if you're letting them run amok at the house, don't eat, you know, what, what's your really intent? Is your intent to get rid of them for a while? Is your intent for us to do something that maybe you're not doing at the house? Boy, you understand why we're, we have a lot of empty seats now, right? I can't help it. This is where we are right now. We need people to be so in love with God that all of this noise from the world is just that noise. It has no effect on what we do, how we do it, how long we do it. <laughs> Hallelujah. My brothers and sisters, my heart is going out for these kids. I'm hearing and seeing all of these things. Our young people, and I'm not talking about just elementary age, middle school age, high school age. I'm talking about through college now. They're all involved in all of this stuff. And they're not hearing from God. We've messed up. We've not put our children, our young people, in position to hear God. Hannah was willing to give up. She made a vow to God. Do this. And here's what's going to happen. How many of you are actually treating your kids like they belong to God? How many of you kids have made a God a priority? I'm sorry. How many of you parents have made God such a priority in your house that your kids absolutely understand it? But let me, let me also say this. You know what else Hannah and Elkanah did? They did not badmouth anybody. It, there's no record of that in there. When Hannah prayed and she went back, it was done. She didn't go back and say, okay, now let's see what he'll do. 
She didn't go back there, have any arguments with Panetta. Doesn't record it. Her countenance changed. She wasn't bitter. So many times we're raising kids in houses and they have, oh, the people say that they're Christians, but there's so much bitterness, strife, and envy. <laughs> Again, you understand the empty seats. But my brothers and sisters, this, not, this, this shouldn't be. This shouldn't be. We, can't, we have to put our kids in a position to hear God and that doesn't mean just preaching at them. That means preach when you need to. Show them. Show them. Show them that you're in that Word. Show them that you believe that Word. Show them that you have reverence for this Word of God. Show them that you're going to take some time and you're going to get alone in prayer. Hey, where's Mommy, Daddy? She's praying right now. Let's leave Mom alone for a little bit. Mom, where's Daddy? Dad's, in, Dad's praying. He just needs a few minutes. Let's go ahead and give him a little bit of time. Kids, let's leave your Dad alone. Yo, Daddy, Dad. let's leave your Dad alone. As much as she wanted a child, she was willing to give him up for God. We don't want our kids mad at us. We want our kids to like us. And so we go ahead and we'll bow. Hey, kids, we don't have permission to put that kind of pressure on our parents. If you, if you don't like what you have, what you don't have, kids, young people that are old enough to hear what I'm saying, take it up with God. Amen? This is too somber. I, I, I don't like, I, right? You're not coming back. Right? This is too somber. But this is, this is truth. This is something that you need to hang on to. This is something that we need to understand because for too long we haven't understood this or even had this executed in our homes. And that's why among young people, Christianity is... And they're believing so many other things. They're believing different... Man, Eastern religions are are doing pretty good right now as far as being able to meditate and say certain things and all this other stuff. It's even crept into the churches. In Christian churches some of these meditations and yogas and all this other stuff. And I heard something this morning that I'm going to confirm it uh, because I want to make sure that I read it myself and not take someone's word for it about two preachers that are among the best in the world, very celebrity preachers, have said something concerning certain sins. And it was just, and it, was, it blew my mind. So is there any wonder why our kids are confused or living double lives or just saying that that's not really how dad does it or how grandpa did it. You know, that's not really, that, that's outdated. That's not, we need the new, the modern, and the more advanced. No, it doesn't change. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what are we doing? See, uh, last night on my way, to, uh, on my way home from church, I uh, turned on the radio and I heard uh, Bryce Young Anybody, if you're familiar with college football at all, he just won the Heisman Trophy, quarterback for Alabama. Roll Tide. So if you're a Florida fan, if you're a Bulldogs fan, sorry. Uh, but anyway, listen, he, I just heard pieces of his acceptance speech. And the first thing he did was, I'd like to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he went through a whole list of people that he was thanking. He thanked his mom and his dad for support and all this other stuff. He went through a whole list. He's just thanking, thanking, thanking. You know, obviously his teammates and so on and so forth. There were a couple of things that stuck out to me, and it didn't st- stand out to me until this morning when I was considering this message. All of the people that he thanked, uh, these were influences on his life that helped him um, to believe that he could achieve. Okay? So now we have, a, we have people, and, and we're encouraging our children to excel in academics and sports. I mean, we, we definitely have people who are involved in sports as part of this ministry and who are excelling. Um, but my brothers and sisters, that's all great. Okay, fine. But that should be number two to the first thing. And the first thing should be putting our young people in a position to hear God. That's somewhere lower on the list, isn't it? Come on. But he said some things and it was pretty neat because... He also had, I, I, I caught something that he said, and it was along the lines of this. The gist of it was 
that he wasn't out to basically prove anybody wrong just to prove himself right. There's a difference. There's a difference. To know inside of you what you believe and work toward that end versus, you know, so-and-so said this about me or so-and-so. See, that involves a little bit of bitterness or a little bit of external competition, doesn't it? There's too much of that in churches, in our culture in general. We're judging and looking at ourselves or each other based on the next person, how this one treats me, what that one says about me, and I'm going to prove them. No. See, my brothers and sisters, that's what we need to let, make sure that each of us as individuals understand, first of all, for us, that our relationship is with God. And regardless of who or what is around us, that's what we have. And that determines this. And even if this, when I say this, meaning our our external relationships or what's going on in this natural world, even if that doesn't look good in the moment, it doesn't matter because this says that's just for a little while. And whatever that is, ultimately it's going to happen for your good. Does anybody believe that in this room besides me? See, that's the way we need to conduct life. And that's the way we need, we need to pass that down to our, our generations. If it's not going my way right now, it's not time to kick and scream and write a nasty message on Facebook. Or if I'm not getting enough likes, I'm not going to remove another article of clothing and take a picture of myself and send it out. Thank you. Oh, why would you say that? Because it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. That's what we're teaching our young people. You see? No, but this young man talked about a couple of things and you have all of these people around us. So I'm saying to you, church, you may be like me. You know, you're not having any more children. Your children are adults and your grandchildren are all getting up and you want to set a good example for them. But there are other children that are coming in and out of this ministry. There are other children that God has in your atmosphere. You may be a teen, young teens, my grandchildren, young people, you look very young. Young people in this room, young people looking at me by the internet right now. You have a responsibility to those that are younger than you. College age. Man, also this past Friday, Michelle and I went to a play. Um, Tori Beth, who you guys know, our, our, our dear sister, and YWAM, the kids from YWAM, they... they put on that play it's awesome it's just awesome and you know one of the young ladies asked me what was your favorite part and I, I was stuck because I, I didn't know it was just it was a decent experience I mean it really was and it was nice because I didn't expect that all of the young people that we're familiar with were going to be in it but there were so many of the young people that were in it it was awesome and I got to see them and all that but the story uh, was um, the little Earl and so you have I'm going to just give you a quick premise you should see it Ask Tori about the tickets and all that. Anyway, the story is about the little, little Earl. A, a, a British aristocrat has sons, and, but his, one of his sons married an American, and the American, uh, and he basically disowned his son because of it. He didn't like, you know, and he passed away, and he would not, uh, and he had a grandson by, this, by this Amer- his American wife. I'm going to chop this up a little bit, so bear with me, please. So now... This grandfather, who's an old curmudgeon, an aristocrat, he wants a relationship with his grandson. But the condition is because he has no other heirs, and he wants to leave this to his grandson. And so the condition is that the mother can only see him sparingly. He doesn't want to have anything to do with the mother. Mostly because she's American, and probably because he had some animus, she took his son away. Premise of the story. Okay? So the mother agrees to go. And the mother agrees to go because she wants what's best for her son. And the condition is that she may not be able to, she can't live in the castle, she won't live with them, but she'll get to see him once in a while. And that's how it goes. Now, the, now what's so neat is she has to meet the, the, the curmudgeon, the grandfather. But this son is so, he's so good, he's so jovial, he's such a good kid, and, he, I, he, and the mother never says anything bad about the grandfather. And the grandfather, kind of halfway, that was unexpected for him. So now the, the, the grandson is just loves on the grandfather. He, he treats him like he's his hero. And, you know, he knows he's going to be an earl someday of this, you know, this property. And, and he just, but he, his grandfather is his hero. But he also shows, his grandfather sends him money before they get to Great Britain. And he, he gives it away. 
there's some people in his town that are, are, are having a hard time, so he gives it away. So when he goes back, he tells his grandfather about that, and his grandfather's taken back by it. But he says to his grandfather, I knew that's something that you would do. A man that, that, that's like you, that's, that's something you would do. And it's not. So this child, this young boy, starts talking to the... And he's, he has a heart for people. And he's blessing people. And, and, the, he's, and the grandfather falls in love with him. They become best buddies. And the grandfather's heart is changed because of this young man. Awesome story. And it has a happy ending. But here's the deal. The grandfather at one point recognizes the grace of the wife, of the mother, because she never spoke bad about the grandfather. And because she didn't talk bad about the grandfather, because this young boy went ahead and idolized his grandfather when he got to meet him, and he never thought anything bad. He just assumed his grandfather was like him, kind-hearted, generous, and then his grandfather became kind-hearted and generous and started taking care of all of these people. And it was because the mother allowed that boy not to have bitterness. She didn't plant anything in there. What are you planting in your kids? What are you planting in the people around you? See, my brothers and sisters, I want to do better for my grandkids and for my grandkids and the young people. We need to do better because it's not just about those people that are in our house. What about the people that are among us? What about the people we're working with? Are we showing bitterness? Are we showing envy? Are we conditioning people that Christians are allowed to go ahead and, and be less than humble? Are we allowing people around us because we name the name of Christ? Are we allowing people around us to, to think that you know it's okay to talk bad behind somebody's back? Are we allowing people to think that in Christianity it's okay to cheat on your time card? Are we, are we telling people that work around us that when you're a Christian, it's okay to go ahead and, you know, not work so hard, take it easy as it were, and not work as you're working every day unto the Lord and doing hard work and just giving your employer an honest day's work for an honest day's pay. Well, if he paid me more, you agreed to go there for that money. So shush. You took the job. Did I suddenly get off on a rabbit trail? See, my brothers, my sisters, this is what it is. This is the essence of who we are supposed to be. And having influence on those around us and setting them up. Not that we can pour into them what, listen, not that we can pour into them what we think they should have, but that we just put them in a position where God can pour into them what they should have. Are you with me? That's what this is. Our kids, your kids, their kids, nieces, nephews, acquaintances set them up set them up for what? to hear God to hear God how do I do that? look at how Hannah did it she prayed she didn't become bitter right? she lived consecrated to God she went up every year she cared for her son she respected the preacher when when Eli accused her, I'm going to speak from experience now, I could say something from the pulpit, and I've had it happen. I've had a phone call waiting for me at the house. Or say something from the pulpit, and then have people talk in the neighborhood. You got, you know. Listen. I'm not. She could have done that. She could have walked off after Eli accused her of being drunk, had a, a, you know, just a hard heart and walked off, I'm not going back there. He's no man of God. She didn't. didn't. No. She showed respect. No, no, no. That's not it at all. And she, listen, and she humbled herself before Eli. Are you there? My brothers and my sisters, how are we conducting ourselves what are we showing our young people? And what we're doing is it actually setting themselves up, putting them in a position to hear God. And I know I've bored you to tears, so stand with me, please. 
Now, we prayed at the beginning of the service, and we prayed for you know, things that maybe you haven't, you, you haven't heard an answer on. You've prayed, whether it was for somebody. Now, I'm not gonna, we're not going to pray for anything else like that again because you've already prayed it, and it's been done. But let me ask you this. Can I get anybody to pray with me that we will all, not me, but all, we, will all do better in thinking about how we're setting up those around us to hear from God? Can we do that? Amen? Amen. That's, that's in my heart. Now look, it. if that's not in your heart, okay, that's fine. Mitch, let me ask you something. This, Mitch, how would you feel about taking McKinley and Brinley right now and dropping them off never to see them except once a year? Crush you. Crush you. Those two twins that you saw a little while ago, those are his. But you've got to be willing, you've got to be willing, we have to be willing to treat them like that as it relates to God. Not do what we think is best for them, but do what we know God is in God's best interest, God's will for them. Are you there? Okay. So if you love somebody, if there's anybody around you that you love, you have to, my brothers and sisters, be working toward putting them in a position to hear from God. Their, God's perfect will, His way, and then they will prosper. Then they will prosper. Amen?